be in the Lord's house. And uh, just want to share with you uh, what God's put on my heart through my study. I want to look over in Joshua chapter number 24. And I uh, want to study and think here about a little thought in the life of Joshua. And, uh, and kind of take a look at where he was near the end of his life. As he was moving along, we not too long ago looked at the kind of the changing of the guard from Moses to Joshua, and now you see Joshua is kind of coming to the end of his life. And I want to look at his challenge to Israel, and I want to look at Joshua standing for tomorrow. Here he is. He's standing for tomorrow, and I, I believe that some of these principles that he shares, all of these principles that he shares and the things that he desired for Israel came from the Lord, and the Lord's desire for Israel um, was very evident and very clear that they would continue to serve him, that they would continue to live for him. You find here in Joshua 24 that Israel had lived through so many different situations, and every situation they walked through, everything they went through, everything they experienced, God had brought them out of that situation. And they would set up landmarks. They would set up remembrance. They would tell stories. They would go back uh, to their grandkids. They would go to the, talk to their parents and, and, and remind this, ne- this coming generation of what God had done for them. And here they are. They're unifying as a nation. And you find here in verse number 13, uh, actually verse number 14, let's, let's read verse 14. It says in Joshua 24, verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood. And in Egypt, and ye serve ye the Lord. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood. Now, back in verse number 2, he says, Your fathers, and we're going to skim through a lot of these verses, but it says, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of, of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And you find that, that God through Joshua is reminding Israel of what he did through Abraham and the covenant he made through Abraham. And he, and he made a covenant with Abraham and told him that he would give him many sons, told him that he would uh, extend his seed on out uh, through many days, and he gave him Isaac. When he sh- when, uh, by all rights and, and by, the, by what a medical, I guess what a medical professional would say or what a medical professional would, would think, God uh, moved through that situation and gave Abraham Isaac. And this is God through Joshua reminding Israel, we, want, we, we see when the leadership is passing on, we saw when Moses was passing on, that his goal and his purpose was, Israel, look back at what God has done in the past. Look back at what God had done in years gone by. And so here's Joshua, who learned directly from Moses. He's coming to the end of his life. His days are drawing near. Uh, it's, it's about time for him to go be with the Lord. But he knew that he would have to set up in his heart and in his life and in the life and, uh, of, of the children of Israel that they would need to unite in, certain, in a few certain things and remember what God had done for them in the past because if they were going to see success in the future, they would have to remember the day that God brought them from many, many dire situations. He says, 
Look what I did for Abraham. And then he goes on in verse 4. And I gave you unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. And I gave you an Esau, Mount Seir, to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses and Aaron. And I plagued Egypt according to that, which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. So he says, remember that you ended up in slavery. You ended up in bondage. You ended up in a, in a situation where you didn't get to choose on your own. You didn't have freedom. But I sent you, sent you leaders that would walk you out of that situation. And I plagued them. I made the people that stood against you and stood against me suffer. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued, verse number 6, after your fathers with chariots and horsemen under the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And you dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan. And they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, that ye might possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. <coughs> but I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand." Look, look at what he's reminding him. He said he's reminding him what he the covenant he made with Abraham. He's looking at him. Uh, he's reminding him of what he did through Moses and Aaron and, and what, how he brought him out of Egyptian bondage. And he and he's reminding them of of Balaam and the and the other gods of of the days gone by. And he's reminding him that he brought him from that. He says, "But I would not hearken unto Balaam." Verse ten. We just read that. Verse eleven. And he and ye went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Gerashites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. Well, that's a crowd. And I delivered them into your hand. And I sent, sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword nor with thy bow. He's saying, I did the work for you. All these people stood against you, and I did the work for you. And I've given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye build not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted, not do you eat. Now this is on, well, then there's verse 14. Let's go on down to verse 17. This hangs above the mantle of every lady's house on a sign and hand-painted letters. This verse right here. It's a very common verse. And, it, and it, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the time together. God, we thank you for this scripture. God, I pray that it would find good ground in our heart, that it might grow from there. Uh, from their end, God, I pray that we would nurture that seed, we would grow that seed. God, I pray that you would give it the increase. Lord, we love you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to look at Joshua and I want to think about standing for tomorrow. The leadership is passing away, the leadership is passing along. Joshua knows his time's coming to end, and like what Moses did, uh, is he wanted to remind Israel of all God had done for them. Verse 15 is actually not 
the verse we're going to look at and think of, but I do want to look at it for just a second. Israel's in a dilemma. I believe that there was certainly some people that were wanting to walk away from the old landmarks, walk away from the old monuments, walk away from what God had done in the past and start to serve themselves again. And you find long term that during Joshua's days that Israel uh, did serve the Lord and even after Joshua's days, Israel did serve the Lord. And you find a a turning away on down the road. But Joshua still, he didn't know that that was going to happen. He just knew that he needed to remind them what God had done for them in in their past and I'm trying there are so many connections to what's going on in our country today uh, with these scriptures and these thoughts and I I don't want to go too terribly deep into that I just want to preach what God's put on my heart but I just see so many parallels between today and what's going on today and what was going on for Israel uh, years and years ago but he's he's reminding them of all God had done and he says here that put away the gods which your father served served on the other side of the flood what does that tell me about the old gods that uh, these people's ancestors had served that tells me that they were destroyed by God. That tells me that the destruction of the flood not only destroyed uh, the, the, uh, the earth and the people thereon, but it destroyed the gods and the things that they worshipped and the things that they had set up. And that destruction was brought on by the God of heaven that created the very earth that we live upon. And so that shows me the greatness and the magnitude of the Lord and that he destroyed those gods. He took away the idols that they had set up. He took away the things that they had lifted up above him. And so he says uh, they served those gods on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, the gods of the Amorites. Now, he didn't destroy uh, the Amorites with a flood, but he says right here, in, in whose land ye dwell. It was God that drove the Amorites out that were standing against Israel. God sent them away. God gave Israel the land. And he's saying, God, look at what God has done for us. Why would we walk away from God? Why would we walk away from all he's done from the beginning of time to today? He destroyed everything that's ever stood against us. He's destroyed anything we've ever set up above him. Why not settle in our hearts to serve him? And he said, but for as me, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Israel's dilemma is that God wanted to see Israel succeed, but they needed to settle in their hearts that they were going to remember what God had done for them in days gone by. God wanted to see them say, I remember my granddad saying what his granddad said about the days of Abraham and how God blessed him. God told him he'd bless him, and God did. And God gave him Isaac. And look what God did with Isaac. God gave him a ram and a thicket. Look at, look at the great things God's done. And then you, get, you go on down the road. We were in bondage. We were enslaved. And rather than living a life in, in a mentality that, oh, down on me, look how sad my life is. We, we were enslaved by, uh, I'm not even going to, we were enslaved by the Egyptians and they hated us and they beat us and they killed us. And God sent us Moses and God sent us Aaron and God plagued them. He made them pay for enslaving us. And then the greatest army that was on the face of the earth at that time, as they chased us down, God took the Red Sea and he consumed them with it. I believe those kind of stories are what God wanted to hear in the homes of his people. And Joshua was wanting to see Israel unite in the fact that look at what God has done for us. 
And when these great armies, all these people stood against us, God destroyed them and sent them away. When we set up gods above the Lord, he made us pay for it, but he allowed us back in. God has opened the door for us and for these Jews and these uh, children of Israel to sometimes, unfortunately, they stray away, but yet he's out there and he brings them back in. And God, in his grace and his mercy, before Jesus had came and died, his children here, he allowed them to come back into the fold rather than just destroying them. I mean, he ever had ever right just to, just to quit showing them any favor, quit doing anything for them, but yet he loved them and he cared for them. I believe Joshua was wanting to see Israel set up in their hearts that they will serve the Lord with him. He had established that. He, look at what just in Joshua's lifetime God had done for Israel. Israel united here in verse 16 in their responsibility. It says, And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. They united together in the fact that we have a responsibility to honor our ancestors, but to walk forward tomorrow for our children, we have the responsibility to settle in our hearts that we're going to serve God. You know, Christian today, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what's going on, if we don't settle in our hearts, there, there's a reason that we're standing here today. There's a reason that we have the ability to sing and worship today. And yes, it's, I, I believe first and foremost, it's Jesus Christ and the price he paid upon the cross at Calvary. But there are people, there are families, there are loved ones that we have that have brought uh, the, the truth of God's word to us today. And that was by way of traveling across uh, the Atlantic Ocean uh, to this new world to this new land to establish a place where we could worship freely we could worship happily we could worship uh, God as, as God intended we need to remember that we need to set that up as a landmark and remember what God has brought us through and in days of peace and in days of happiness, there are parents and grandparents and great-grandparents of yours and of mine and people that we know and people that we love that take us day by day by the, the things that they did, by the things that they've done, by the prayers that they prayed. Those prayers still carry us along today. We wouldn't be here first, and, I, and don't get me wrong, it's, not, it's because of Jesus that we are alive but had our, had our ancestors not cared about us being able to worship God in his spirit and truth, we wouldn't have this opportunity we have today. We need to unite in our responsibility that we need to remember what happened in days gone by. We need to remember what happened in years gone by and the sacrifices people have made, the sacrifices your parents have made or your grandparents that took you to church and the, the parents and grandparents that prayed for you and the friends that you work with that you, you pray for and the people that you see God say, we need to unite in the responsibility that the purpose that we're here is to continue tomorrow serving God. Here's Israel. They're having this opportunity. Joshua says, I'm going to serve the Lord. What are you going to do? And they said, we will. We will. God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. They united in the responsibility to serve the Lord. Look at verse number 17. It says, For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way wherein we, we went, and among all the people, though whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, 
all the people, even the Amorites, excuse me, even the Amorites which dwell in the land, therefore we will also serve the Lord for he is our God. They united in the remembrance of what God had done. And we talked through and we read through all these scriptures of all that God had done for Israel. But here's Israel saying back to what God, what God was saying to them. God's saying through Joshua, remember what, what, what the Lord has done. And here's Israel united in their remembrance of their past and what God had done for them in days gone by. If we want to see tomorrow, now this just goes down just to, even just to the church. If we want to see a tomorrow, if we want to see a, a next week, if we want to see a year from now, if God allows this thing to continue, we need to unite in remembrance of what God has done for us. It's one thing to say, well, you know, mom and dad went to church or mom and dad took us to church or grandma and grandpa took us to church, but to unite in the remembrance that they took us to church because they love us. They showed us God's word because they care about us. They prayed for us because they, they wanted to be with us in heaven. They knew and they felt the responsibility of their ancestors on them to see us continue in the future. Israel was uniting in remembrance of what God had done. These people standing here to think, think about that, these, these, these kids that were standing there, maybe listening to Joshua speak, they hadn't lived in that Egyptian bondage. What a blessing that God had brought them up out of that. What a blessing that God had given them a life where they didn't have to walk through that. What a blessing that it was that the Lord didn't, uh, maybe those, those little children didn't have to see the death and the destruction that Israel faced in the, in the wars and the fights and the famine and the hard times that they had to go through. They settled on the remembrance of the days gone by. We must do that today. I'm going to circle back around on our responsibility, our remembrance and Look at verse number 21, it says, or we'll continue reading verse, verse number 19. Joshua said unto the people, you cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, he said, the strange gods which are among you. He's teaching them. He's wanting them to uni, uni, be united. They, they were united in their responsibility. They knew that they needed to serve God. They, they were united in their remembrance of what God had done in days gone by. But they needed to be united in revival and to act on those things. It's one thing to feel the responsibility to do something, but it's, a, it's another thing to act on it. It's one thing to feel the remembrance of days gone by, but it's another thing to act on it. People know and people understand that there's a great responsibility that they have in their job, but if you don't act on it, you don't go into your job and you don't work like you have that responsibility, you're never going to get a raise. You're never going to do any better. You're never going to move up in the, in the chain of, of command. You're you may lose your job if you don't act on your responsibility to work. Remembrance. You can say all day long, oh, we remember this. We remember, look what God done. You can get up here and you can read out of this Bible and, and it, we know it's a living word. It's what you make out of it. You can get up here and read these scriptures and preach a message, but if you don't act on it, you don't live on it, you don't study it for yourself, it's never going to go anywhere. The Bible can be the most useful or useless thing that you make it. 
as it stands, it's timeless. It's never going to end. You could burn every Bible on this earth, and I believe God would give his word back to man. He would. He would make a way. You could burn every one. But God would provide it back to man because it's a living word that's needed for us to grow. But if we don't live on it, we don't act on it, we don't grow from it, what's the purpose? He's saying to them, you're telling me you want to serve God. But he said, put away, if you want to serve God, put away the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set, up a, set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And he says here in verse 27, he's wanting them to be united in their revival. They, they're being revived. They're saying, we will act on it. We're going to live on it. We're making a covenant. We're going to do it. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord, which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. We see Israel through Joshua's lifetime and through generations after serve the Lord. It wasn't until... The book of, well, there was some time between Joshua and Judges. And you'll find in Judges that the Bible says that they did, after this covenant, serve the Lord. Church, we've got to get united in our responsibility to serve the Lord. I'm afraid that's where so many Christian people Miss the mark today. They know they have a responsibility to do right. They know they have, have a responsibility to pray. They know they have a responsibility to study God's word. But is it real to us? Do we feel that that responsibility is something that if we go without it, we'll be sick? I can tell when I ain't been reading and praying like I should. I can tell when I've not been uh, spending time with the Lord like I should. I, I'm, my wife can tell. My other people around me can tell. That responsibility must be real to us. Remembrance of days gone by. We live in a society that is so blessed. I think about myself. And I think about being my age and think of, especially yesterday, I was thinking about D-Day. And how many people my age, young men, my, I mean, how many people my age gave their lives on a beach somewhere that our families moved from, didn't want to live there anymore. They went back and they gave their young lives so that we could experience the freedom that we have today that supersedes all that's going on in our, in our world right now, that sacrifice. Why would I not want to enjoy this freedom I have? Why would I not want to express it and, and embrace that freedom that God's blessed me with? It's one thing just to have the remembrance, but we need to live on it. We need to act on it. Even greater than yesterday, 
not to take away from anyone's life, but Jesus Christ carried his cross up to Calvary. And he got up there and he gave his life. And it's one thing just to, I'm afraid that history's, the, I mean, the Bible's a historical book. Calvary happened. I'm afraid that it's become this novel idea that it's just a story. But Jesus was beaten beyond recognition to a point where you couldn't even tell he was a human being. And he was nailed to a rough cross with that back so battered and torn. He was nailed to it. He was humiliated. It's one thing just to remember it, but to live like it happened is a different thing. If we want to see a revival, we are right now as a society falling further, deeper into a, a pit of sin and ungodliness than we've ever, I, I believe we've ever seen. Say, so, well, the 1960s were a divided time. Well, there was, there was reason for, I mean, you think about civil rights, think about segregation. That was a different situation. Here we are today, and we're falling and falling and falling and falling. We need revival. We need to make it real in church that, you know what? I feel the responsibility to go out and be a witness, to be a light. I feel the remembrance of the days gone by. I know that it truly happened. I know that God has a purpose and has a goal for tomorrow for me. <clears throat> I told Shelby last night, our son will be born into the craziest year I've ever seen in my life, 2020. I hope it gets a lot better. I don't know. I mean, probably not. not <laughs> but one day, God allows me to live. To sit there and say, son, this was what was going on when you, when you were born. Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, and, and, and yes, there's been one of those for every generation, every situation. I want him to grow up and feel a responsibility passed down by me. A responsibility to serve the Lord. I want him to grow up with a remembrance passed down by me. These, this spirit, a service like this, it really happened. We don't know what 15, 20 years will look like with church. We could be in, a, in somebody's basement worshiping. Yeah, we used to go to a public building, and we would sing and we would shout, and people would sling their hankies and cry. That really happened. I don't want it to be that way. I don't want it to have to be that way, but it very well could be. I want to make it real and feel responsibility in my heart today so that one day my son will be able to remember and know that there was a day gone by that I sacrificed something for him in a spiritual nature that he might have a good future for tomorrow. And the key to that is revival. That's what Israel experienced right here in, in, in Joshua 24 is revival. They needed to step away from the things they had led among them and in our case, in our nation right now, the devil is running rampant, like we said before service. I tell you what, we, in the name of the Lord, kick his tail out. We might see that revival. It starts at home. It grows from home to church. It grows from the church to the community. It grows from the community to the country. And from our country to our world. 
We need to feel the responsibility to serve God. We need to live the remembrance of days gone by so that we might experience revival for a happier tomorrow. And if it's not a happy tomorrow here, we'll find joy. That's the thing about Christians. We'll be able to find joy in something. It looks a little down right now. I'm going to have to turn the news off. I've settled that. In my, thanks, Shelby. I got an amen there. I've had to settle that in my heart today. I, I need to step back a little bit. But I also feel the need and the urge to step up and say something. I feel the need and the urge to say something. This is not the direction God wants us to go. We have all the freedom available. Why would someone not want to enjoy that? But we know through his word that these days, they get worse and worse, darker and darker. I just pray that we can make that real in our hearts, that we might revive, that's that song we say, revive us again, that God could do that. He can and he will and he has in days gone by. I appreciate your attention. Appreciate God's word, the truth of his word. I believe that that day when he, when Joshua set up that monument, he set up that statue, that, what, that covenant between God and man, that really happened. I believe he can do it again. 